Good day from Wall Street. This is Jack Marks for Wall Street Reporter. And today I am speaking with Penny Green. She is the CEO of the Yield Growth Corp. Stock symbol is BOSS on the Canadian Exchange and BOSQF over the counter. Uh, Penny, welcome back. Thanks, Jack. It's a pleasure to be here. So you've you've made a lot of progress, uh, you know, since our first interview, which was you know really right at the end of December, you know, just after your IPO, uh, and you know the stock has moved from I think it was about twenty cents uh, Canadian back then to you know I think it hit a high of I believe seventy two cents a couple of weeks ago, uh, but most importantly, uh, you've had a a large number of really important news announcements uh, that that have come out in the last uh, couple of uh, weeks and months. So, which which we really want to cover in this interview uh, to get everybody uh, you know up to speed. Uh, but you know, so before we cover all the exciting new developments, uh, you know, for anybody in our audience that's new to the yield growth story, can you tell us what your company does? Certainly, Jack. So the Yield Growth Corp was built originally as an asset company to build in the cannabis space where we saw opportunities. And we originally started developing technology for cannabis, but we quickly saw a huge opportunity in cannabis products. So that's taking the flower and turning it into a higher value product. So that includes oils, it includes things you would eat. It includes especially topicals, which is where we really focus on, which is anything that you would put on your body. And that could be something that's for beauty, such as cosmetics, or it could be more for wellness, like a pain bomb um, or pain gel. It could be massage oil, um, or it could be you know skincare. Um, and personal care products. So the personal care products industry is huge, and the international wellness industry is four point trillion dollars. So that's where we saw a huge, huge opportunity in the intersection of cannabis going into products that are used for wellness. Uh, so let's and and, and that's the uh, Urban Juve product line, and you and you have other other lines. Yeah, so basically the Yield Growth Corp is the parent company and we've been developing many different brands and lines and business opportunities in this space. Um, We've been moving very quickly and robustly, as you mentioned. Um, We've only been public three months, but uh, we've put out a ton of news because we have a terrific team and we're very aggressive. And there's so much opportunity in the marketplace right now. We want to take advantage of that opportunity. So we've been out there aggressively building out our product lines, launching, building our distribution network, um, getting control of certain um, raw ingredients, and basically doing what we think we need as the foundation to grow very fast. So you have you have right now, I believe, what, six operating subsidiaries, right? That's right. So I'll just give you a little bit of an overview of all of them. So you mentioned Urban Juve. That was the first product line that we started with, and we actually launched that just before – well, before topicals are really legal anywhere. So what we did was we used our key ingredient, which is hemp root oil. And that ingredient, essentially created by us, no one else has ever used it legally. It just became legal um, in Canada and the U.S. under the Farm Bill. And it is, we think, one of the most powerful parts of the cannabis plant in terms of the wellness properties, but it doesn't have the psychoactive properties that get you high. So it's great to put in products that can um, 
you know, make your make you feel better. For example, we use it in our pain bomb, in our moisturizer, in our deodorant. We even have a sex lube. Um, so that's the key ingredient in that product. But because it's not using the flower part of the cannabis plant, and because it's derived from a part of the cannabis plant that's exempt from the rules, we can basically sell that anywhere. So we've been building out our distribution chain for our products. We've got 11 products on the market now with another 30 under the Urban Juke brand slated to launch this year. And uh, the reception's been great with consumers and retailers alike. So we've already signed about 75 retailers just in Canada and just that, you know, just started a couple months ago. And um, our full, we have e-commerce available in, in Canada and the U.S., but we have a really big, exciting e-commerce site launching in about three weeks. So, you know, investors should expect to see, you know, a lot of activity on the e-commerce side. So, so Urban Juve um, is really our first brand, and it was the brand that we wanted to be able to sell internationally and not be restricted by some of the very um, specific marketing rules that cannabis has. Um, but but we are very interested in getting to market with the real, the really interesting products, which is the the topical products you put on your body that contain THC and CBD that potentially offer pain relief in a big way. So um, there's been a lot of a lot of anecdotal evidence, and then there's the ancient texts of Ayurveda that we're relying on, and then our products um, have been used in India for for really for for thousands of years, um, the formulas and sort of passed down and we basically bought those and we've tur- and we've commercialized them. Um, but what's really exciting is our line right in well, because it contains very high levels of THC and CBD and it's intended for pain management. And we think that this will bring relief to a lot of people. So we're launching that through a licensed partner in Oregon, um, should be hitting the market in about six weeks. Um, so, so the first first products we have nine products that are uh, that are launching with that one. So right, so right and well is is, is a separate brand uh, from Urban Juve, right? That's right. Okay. Um, right and well is a, a cannabis topicals brand, um, and and cannabis um, wellness. So we also have capsules and oils. And that's being done through the very regulated cannabis channels, so it will be available. We have a, a, a network of 400 cannabis stores that we're working with in Oregon. So right now, we're just finalizing our packaging and developing the sales materials for inside the stores uh, to let people know about the products. You know, uh, looking looking at some of your uh, your products, the the. Uh uh, the the labels, uh, the image, everything. I mean, it's 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 really very you know done at a very high level. Uh, and I think you also you recently you brought on a new uh, was a brand uh, development or an agency that's worked with some yeah, major. Yeah, you know what we've we've always had just fantastic um, graphic designers, brand professionals. Um, we've been using some great agencies, and through the team that we have, which includes one of the top guys from Mac Cosmetics and one of the top guys from Johnson & Johnson. We really have an incredible network of um, designers and designers even that are very specialized in what we're doing, which is packaging for um, wellness products. So we just recently appointed the Design Spot out of New York, um, their award-winning design group, um, very niche focused, focused on what we're doing. And um, we're very excited about uh, developing our new line with them, which is called Mad Wallaby, and it will be a CBD line uh, for distribution starting in the U.S. 
Okay, and which you know, which this is like you know really important, like in your field, because it seems like the 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 look of the product is you know almost as or sometimes more important than the functionality in in a certain way. You know, I think that both are important equally. Uh, you know, it's it's the packaging is nice um, because it gets people to buy the product, but it's got to be a great quality product in order for people to reuse it. So, you know, we've really focused on delivering a very high quality product with the best ingredients sourced from around the world um, that we could find. And we're very happy about that, but we also wanted to make sure that this is, these are the types of brands that appeal to consumers who are expecting the best for themselves and really want to treat themselves well because they're looking for packaging that that delivers that message so we've sort of gone at it with both of those things in mind now the team you have uh with with urban juve it's it's a it seems like a, a pretty impressive team uh you've brought in was a thomas bond uh who was the, with the coo and the ceo of mac cosmetics uh, which you know during really the key growth period of that company right before it exploded and you know became a billion dollar brand uh, so what is what is his role with with urban Juve right now he is the chairman of the board of urban Juve he's also a director of the public company which is the parent yield growth and he's not just a passive director he's very actively involved he probably dedicates two to three days a week of his time to us and our executive team just making sure that we're on track, that we're building products that can scale, that we have the underlying technology and accounting systems in place to scale. And then in terms of the referrals, I mean, it's just an incredible, incredible network. He basically, you know, is on a first-name basis with with a lot of leading people in the cosmetic industry uh, worldwide. And that's terrific. And I mean, and Mac was, was, you know, such, it was such a successful cosmetic company. I remember it launching when I was just a kid and I was so impressed because it was really the first independent cosmetic company that went, that became so big back in those days. And it was so different. And, uh, he really was the key person building the operations of that company. So he was with them for eight years. He was CFO. He got promoted to COO. And he was really running the day-to-day operations. And he actually oversaw, he, he initiated and oversaw all the negotiations for the sale to Estee Lauder, which was a huge success. And, and Mac continues to be a multi-billion dollar company today. You know, you mentioned something uh, interesting, which is, uh, you know, the word scale. And it seems like, you know, in the cosmetics or skincare industry, uh, you know, when, when some of these brands, when they really hit, I mean, they really, you know, hit big time. They really scale, you know, massively. Absolutely. You know, I was talking to Jeff Smith the other day, who's our, who's the chairman of advisory board, and he comes from Johnson & Johnson. So he's still a chief officer there. He was actually the chairman of Johnson & Johnson, which is arguably the biggest personal care products in the world, company in the world. And he was saying, oh, you know, if you, if you do $30 million a year as a cosmetics company, you know, it's not that exciting, you know, to really be considered successful. You're going to be doing $100 million. Um, there's, there's In the cosmetics industry, once you have a brand that consumers like and that they adopt and they accept, really it's it's crazy how fast you can grow to, you know, to 50 to a hundred million in revenues. And so that's kind of what we're after. That's what we're trying. That's where we're trying to get. So we're building the foundation for each of our brands. 
We're making sure we have the trademarks licensed. We're making sure that we're following all the packaging rules, the FDA guidelines, the, you know, we're registering them with Health Canada. We're already looking at international distribution in Europe and in Asia. Um, so we're building a platform that can scale. And, and so that's the exciting part is, you know, once our brands hit or if they hit, that it could go big really fast. So, I mean, like, you know, in that cosmetics or, or skincare, you know, universe, I mean, there is a huge number of brands which, you know, like you said, are $50, $100 million brands, which, uh, you know, I, I, I would think most people, you know, in our audience is probably, I don't know, 70% male. You know, they, they may not have heard of these brands. Uh, but even, uh, you know, uh, you know, they may be readers of Forbes. And I think, what is it, one of, one of the Kardashian girls, I mean, she she has this cosmetics company that went from ten million. I think they just bought a a relatively you know minor minor business, and they're doing a billion in sales. So yeah, that's absolutely. that's kind it's of a huge huge industry. You know, it's like for example, Estee Lauder is bigger than Coca Cola. Um, Johnson and Johnson is one of the biggest companies in the world, and does pharmaceuticals and personal care. So products like Neutrogena. Dove soap. So, you know, these are not things you may be thinking about when you're investing, um, but these are companies that, you know, they're, they're huge. They're absolutely huge. And there's not so many of them so that um, when you have one hit, you know, they tend to dominate internationally with the brands that they develop. And the market is always looking for, you know, for novelty. Everybody's looking for that kind of next new thing that's going to, you know, <laughs> make them healthier, right now, more beautiful, etc. Absolutely. And the thing is, right now, the flavor of the day is hemp, CBD, and cannabis in, in any way. So we have some of the biggest companies in the world in the cosmetics industry reaching out to us and saying, look, we need hemp products to meet consumer demand. Uh, and so, you know, our our investors can expect to see us starting to roll out with some of those relationships. You know, the bigger companies take longer to, um, to you know, just to finalize things. But there's such a huge demand. And what's crazy is because we're, because we're in pro, semi-prohibition, where it's very difficult. You can't launch a product internationally without being very careful about how you do it because the laws are different in every jurisdiction. Really, the big companies like Estee Lauder, there's not much they can do in this space yet. They've done some very limited stuff with using an ingredient like hemp seed oil, which has been around for a long time. It's not exciting. But the stuff that we're doing, the major international companies, they can't do it because it's just it's just too difficult to figure out um, the laws and too risky for them. Um, and then, you know, so we don't have that big competition from those bigger brands. And we're able to right now just get into the marketplace as, you know, a fairly sophisticated, experienced company compared to a lot of, you know, the smaller companies are out there trying to get into the space. So I feel like we have a real competitive advantage in that you don't have the multi-billion dollar companies out there, but we've got the leaders from those companies running our company. You know, we've got our, our in-house counsel, BP Licensing, Amy Franco was in-house and general counsel at, uh, at Skechers, and she, she was there as it grew to a multi-billion dollar company after an IPO. She did the same thing when she was at Aritzia, which is an international retail brand. Both of those deals, both of those companies do multi-billion dollars in sales every year. So we've got the brand Skechers, we've got Aritzia, we've got Johnson & Johnson, and we've got Matt Cosmetics. So these are some of the most successful 
retail and, and personal care brands in the world. And then even our executive team has experience in places like Coca-Cola and Pepsi. So when you think about, you know, where does a lot of the money get spent around the world, it's all these, these well-developed brands. Now, we've seen, um, you know, in, in the kind of cannabis universe, uh, you know, you know, major, you know, international brands like, like Molson and, and Celestial make, you know, make some huge investments, uh, you know, sort of to get into, into the beverage space. Do you see a possibility of something like that, you know, whether it's an Estee Lauder or, or somebody else doing that with, uh, with you? Absolutely. I mean, those companies right now, they're just sitting on the sidelines looking to see who to acquire. Um, even the big cannabis companies, as you know, there's you know a bunch of cannabis companies now that have multi-billion dollar valuations. They, you know, they can't do this themselves. That's not, this is not their area of expertise. They're going to be looking for acquisition. Um, so we just saw uh, Molson's make, a, you know, enter a joint venture with um, Hexo, Corp or Hydro, Hydropothecary Corporation last year. Um, we saw Constellation Brands make a huge investment, $5 billion into canopy growth um, last year. And then just recently, uh, Marlboro maker Altria announced they'll invest $2 billion in um, Kronos Group. So you've got, you know, you've got the alcohol companies, you've got the tobacco companies that have already made those investments. The next thing you're going to see, I predict, is Estee Lauder, Johnson & Johnson, those big companies investing into cannabis so they'll get left behind. And we think we'll be you know, a great target for them. Now, let's talk about some of uh, like your international business. Uh, you've you've uh, been doing some international licensing for Urban Juve? Yeah, so we um, very early on, we were working with a company called Crop Infrastructure, which is a great company that's developing um, like really farming operations around the world at hemp. And so they're also building out retail distribution. And they had put together a retail distribution play in Italy. And so we sold them the Italian rights to Urban Juve as well. We sold them certain rights in the U.S. And so our hope is that you know, we work with them to get those products into retail in Italy. And we're already working with a company just to make sure that we fulfill all the European Union rules so that we can launch in all of those countries there. Um, we also have been doing a lot of work just understanding the international regulatory landscape and understanding how we can launch in Asia. Um, and so, you know, our investors can expect to see us starting to really come out with some announcements on the international, on an international scale. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's talk about some of the other, now we, we, we talked, so we've, we've covered, uh, Urban Juve, um, and, uh, let's, and right let's, and well. right and well, and now yeah. right and well is what that's, let's, maybe if you can talk about that a little bit more, because, uh, that's, that's relatively new, uh, part of the business. That's, that's what more for, um, pain relief type products. Yes. Yeah, so all of those products have been developed, um, based on the, the, formulas that we have, which are, those formulas are based on ancient Ayurvedic therapies for relieving pain, and they contain high amounts of THC and CBD. So um, in the black market, there was there were a lot of people using um, topical pain, like topical bombs and topical gels to relieve pain, and they've been legal in certain states in the U.S. for, for about five years. And so um, 
you know, the, the results are great. Like people absolutely love using them. It's an alternate therapy to opioids. So there's no, you know, there's not a lot of side effects. Um, but we're actually launching in about six weeks in one of the states where it's been legal for some time, which is Oregon. Um, so through our distribution network um, that we've, we've partnered with there, you know, our goal is to get into 400 stores um, within the next couple of years in Oregon. Um, and, and those products that we've developed, they're terrific. We've already had uh, a lot of interest in the California market. So our goal now is to get relationships and establish production and distribution of our cannabis topicals through right well in some of the major states in the U.S., such as California, Nevada. And really, in the U.S., there's new states that are legalizing cannabis every day or every, every month, let's say. So when, when, can, um, when can we expect to see you get into you know, the California market? Very right and well. You know, we've announced that we're looking at it very seriously. We have a bunch of different uh, potential partners that we're looking at, and uh, you know, it's the California market is so hot right now. There's so many great companies developing out their manufacturing um, and their production capabilities, and so I think this year California is going to go boom. I think this is the most exciting market in the world right now, and it's it, it is the biggest market, and it's you know it's projected to continue to be the biggest market. I mean, the California California market alone is bigger than all of Canada. Um, so we're so excited to be launching there. You know, I personally see us potentially launching two or three brands just in the California market because I think there's so much opportunity and interest there. And I don't feel like we're up against the type of competition that, uh, you know, that, that will build better brands than us. So, I mean, it seems like California is really, that's the place where, you know, where, where you know brands, uh, whether it's cannabis or anything else, that's really where you know brands get launched. Um, Absolutely. So let, now you you also have uh, UJ Beverages. What what is what is that business? Um, so we picked up um, some some really good what we thought were some really interesting formulas um, for wellness um, and through that company. And the idea is really to use this company to start acquiring. Edibles. So edibles include beverages um, and really are, are, you know, things that are created with cannabis that you can ingest. So we're more interested in the wellness aspect of edibles. So if we're going to produce or manufacture a chocolate, uh, we want it to have a strain of THC that's known to relieve pain, for example. Our goal, are, and we'll be very heavily focused on um, CBD uh, and THC combinations where there are known wellness benefits. So we're interested in creating edibles to really reach out to people that don't want to smoke, um, but they really want the benefits of, of CBD and THC. So you're probably familiar with, you know, a lot of the evidence, a lot of the, the information out there that says CBD and THC can help so many different ailments. And so with the edibles and beverages, it's allowing people to get the benefits of cannabis without having smoked it and without necessarily getting high. I mean, that's not the main reason people will um, eat edibles in our case for what we're developing. That may be a side effect in some cases if there's a high percentage of THC, if they need that really intense pain relief, sometimes you can't avoid including THC. Um, But, uh, you know, it's really interesting what's happening around the world for edibles. And that's a huge, huge industry of it itself. Now you, you've lo- you've really just launched a lot of, a lot of these uh, lines. Uh, what um, you know? What kind of revenues are are you expecting in 2019? Like in, in sort of the first year? 
you know what? It, it's really the sky's the limit. Like we just don't have any data yet to give solid numbers, but what we're putting into place um, really is built to scale in a large way. And if, for example, there was a huge demand for our products and um, there was a demand for $50 million for the products, we have the foundation to be able to meet that demand. So we're really scalable. Um, you know, at the at the moment, we're producing like five to 10,000 units of each SKU, but I anticipate that within the next year, we'll start doing 200,000 um, units of some of our SKUs. Like that's, that's definitely in the works. So um, there's a very high profit margin in, in cosmetics. Um, typically, it's around 90% before you build in the factor of marketing, which marketing ends up costing a lot. But it's a crazy, it's a crazy margin. And we're not, we're not at 90% because we're new and we're not at scale. Um, but even when you're at, you know, 60 or 70, it's pretty high. And, and even in the cannabis industry, there's already data out there which supports showing that topicals typically will have like around a 35% profit margin. So that's much, much higher than the profit margin you get from selling flour, which, you know, a lot of producers just struggle to break even. 35% uh, gross, gross margins in uh, topicals? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the num- that's, those are the numbers that are out there. We haven't started selling our topicals. We start that in about six weeks in Oregon. Um, but, you know, this has been so much work in terms of getting these products to market. The background work in terms of all the legal regulations and all the testing that we've done. We've done a tremendous amount of testing on all of our products. Uh, we've probably tested over 50 products in the past year that are, are now ready to go to market um, just at various stages of releasing, you know, getting them manufactured and doing the packaging. Um, so, you know, we'll have better numbers probably in our next couple of quarters. So investors, you know, they can take a look at our financials. And we did announce um, $3 million in revenue for our last fiscal year, but that was actually coming from some of our other subsidiaries. It wasn't from sale of products. Um, but, you know, I can, t- I can talk about those other subsidiaries and where those revenues come from too, if you like. Sure, sure. Uh, now, w- part of that money was, uh, was for the Italian licensing deal, right? Um, yeah, so we did when we licensed crop uh, urban juice. It was a it was a one million dollar license for three years. So we booked that over a three year period. So every quarter we're going to book eighty thousand dollars. So that's kind of how we're booking it for the license. Um, so that would have been part of the three million dollars. And then um, we had some other white label licensing we did. And then we also through our subsidiary Thrive Activations. It's actually quite a revenue generating business because let's talk about that, that because I, we haven't we haven't really discussed that in the first interview so sure sure and you know my background is is technology development um in addition to law and a few other things but when we first started this company we were really interested in the opportunities of technology and cannabis and so we set up Thrive Activations and um and we started providing services to cannabis companies developing really the back-end tech, the really complicated tech. And we have such a good tech team. Um, and they've been terrific for developing underlying technology, which which is going to help us with our distribution um, of our products on a large scale. But because we had such a strong team and we hadn't launched our products yet, we took on clients basically. And we've been generating a couple hundred thousand dollars a month through that subsidiary, just providing services. Um, and we generally get paid in cash, and sometimes we get a bonus. Uh, sometimes we'll take stock. So it's sort of like an incubation service. Um, there's an app. 
we ended up taking on as a client that has nothing to do with cannabis, but we just love the business. And it's called Hey Brian. And it's actually an app that's live throughout Canada. It's supported by an, a home and garden television star named Brian Bomber. And so the app's been live for four months. It has thousands of users. It's, very, it's pretty successful and the technology works amazing. We developed all of that. Um, so that, you know, that was just a little bit off topic, but we just couldn't turn down the opportunity. We've also taken on a new client, Antler Retail, which is building uh, a delivery platform for de- cannabis delivery in California. And so we're going to use our skills to develop that out. Um, you know, it's a, it's a service deal, but we like the possibility of partnering with Antler for product distribution in California as well. Okay, and so the um, now, now the uh, Thrive does that? Are, are you are you basically doing deals where you're just providing a service and, and you get paid a f- you know just a, a cash fee, or are you also doing deals where you know you're going to get uh, you know some sort of ongoing uh, you know maybe a piece of the business or some other partnerships? Yeah, I mean there's there's, there's usually going to be some kind of ongoing fees or royalty or um, you know or some kind of equity stake that we'll take. Um, it's just uh, on a case by case basis. But as we look to expand our businesses, one of the things I like to do is put together sort of joint ventures with other companies. And we just have such a wealth of, of experienced people um, in our company that we can we can really offer a lot to new companies. And so um, through Thrive, you know, it's sort of like an incubator. We're not we're not uh, taking on too many clients, but if we see a company that's very very high quality, we will do a combination of equity and uh, and cash for services. Okay, uh, so Penny, what um, you know, based on you know everything that's. Uh, that that's happened over the last couple of months. What's your um, really what's what's your vision for the company over the next uh, you know twelve to to eighteen months? You know what is what's the big picture here? Well, now that we've really laid the foundation for a lot of our product lines, the exciting stuff is happening now. We're rolling them out, big marketing plans. Um, you know, lots of distribution, and now we're really ready to enter into the big deals with uh, retail chains with other cannabis companies. Um, now I think it, it gets to the really easy, exciting part. And, and because now we've had a lot of success in the market and we've put out a lot of news, we've done a lot, people are really starting to recognize this and say, look, we want to do business with you. So the opportunities for us right now are just crazy. Um, now we're just trying to capture them all, close some deals, announce them. So I think over the next six months, it's going to be a very exciting time for a company. Uh, we really want to bring value to our shareholders with aggressive deal making. So let, let's kind of recap. Uh, f- w- you know, what are the key milestones for the next twelve months uh, that investors can look forward to? Like, what what are the key events that sure. that uh, are on the horizon? Sure, I'll tell you a couple of things that are happening. Um, we're going to have a completely new website revised for yield growth, which will launch in a few weeks. I think, which is really going to tell our story a lot better because we've changed so much. We've made so much progress over the last three months. I think that's going to be interesting. We have our um, Urban June website launching um, at the end of April, and um, the target is April 30th, and that website is going to be the fruition of many, many months of work, um, and it's a really, really interesting website because it includes a webzine in it with original content and really designed to um, be a source of wellness information as well as a great way for people to find out more about our products. Um, expect uh, over the next three months to... Um, really see us announce what's happening internationally. 
Um, so that's going to be happening. And then we're really building out, we're really building out our, um, our raw materials and our technology for developing hemp crude oil. So an exciting element of our business, which I haven't really talked about on the UJ, on the yield botanical side is that we've created an extraction technology to best extract the hemp crude oil, which is one of the first things we did. We filed patents for it even before we went public. Um, and now we're building it up to commercial scale. And as we're doing that, we're realizing that it's likely going to work for can- cannabis, for cannabidiol as well. So we want to be producing CBD from industrial hemp for our products uh, because there's a huge demand for that, um, just a huge consumer demand for CBD and uh, the consumer products that are doing well are now running out of sources. So that's another aspect that we want to be rolling out in the next few months. Um, more and more, we've already announced uh, the potential purchase of one piece of land. We want to be applying for some cannabis licenses in Canada as well. And then really, we want to take over a lot more territories in terms of either getting our cannabis licenses or hemp licenses in those territories, such as different states and different countries, or partnering with companies that have those licenses and then going to market with products in those territories. Well, Penny, on that note, uh, I want to thank you, and uh, we look forward to uh, you know hearing more from Yield Growth uh, in the coming months. Terrific. Jack, thanks so much for having me on the show today.